Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Um, Another hot day. We're just going to keep playing that comment for weeks on end here. The rest of this week, it's still got highs above 100 degrees. Yeah, that's just, um, that's really wearing everybody out. Everybody's on edge. They're all kind of angry and irritated from all of this heat. So when you are out there, take a deep breath, okay? We're all hot, folks. We are all hot, and nobody is happy about it. Hopefully... There will be some kind of break in the month of July where it will have some cooler weather. Haven't seen it yet. Doesn't show up in the in the uh, projections for the rest of the month. Because August is not a particularly lovely month in Texas. It's very hot, very dry. So we just have to do what we can do. Some things to be thinking about, those of you who have pear trees, August is when you would start looking at picking them. That is the time when they will be as big and as ripe as they can be on the tree. Remember, most of the time, pears don't ripen on the tree. You pick them and you put them on a countertop or something for a few days and they'll start to soften and sweeten up. They'll be good and juicy. Now there's nothing that prevents you from eating them like an apple. That works just fine. You you don't have to get all upset about it. I like the crisp taste of them. They are wonderful and crunchy. But if you want that soft, sweet pear, you need to let them Ripen off of the vine, ripen off of the tree, I mean. Um, I have a KitchenAid mixer. And I have the attachment that will grind fruit and vegetables. So I take all my pears, cut off the stems. I may or may not core them. My my attachment here does a good job of just grinding the core into nothing. But I run it through the grinder and I get two things. I get this sauce, like applesauce consistency pear sauce. And all I have to do is maybe I add a little sugar, I cook it to thicken it, and ta-da, I've got a whole boatload of pear sauce. But the best thing I get is it also juices. There's a ton of juice that winds up that you can collect. And the best thing about the juices is when you flavor it with, um, say, an adult liquid. I'm a big fan of pear, pear juice with coconut rum. That is heaven. That is so, so good. So if you got lots of pears left, (laughs) you can do that. You can wind up making pear sauce. My wife is going to be dicing them and making chutney out of them. Um, 
you can, somebody commented yesterday, and I have to agree, you can make um, pear wine. It's, you have to be careful because it, it may uh, finish out way too dry. So you may either have to add sugar when you first start or add later to get it back to the <clears throat> sweetness. It shouldn't be something like a bottle of wine, you know, a white or a red. It should almost be a dessert. Goes really well with chocolate, by the way. And that is from personal experience. Um, but just remember, lots of pears. They ripen, they soften and sweeten off of the tree. And we're coming up on that. Anytime we break into August, you can start looking at harvesting them. They should get big. They may not change colors. I have a paratype called an Orient. It stays green from the day it forms till the day it gets picked. The color of the fruit doesn't change. Kefirs are the same way. They will be a green pear. And if you've got get if you are getting lots of them, they're really good. I mean, the pear trees are really wonderful. Those of you who have Bradford pears, yeah, they give you this perfect shape and they grow fast and they bloom and they have fall colors. Why not plant a real pear that does all the same things? It can bloom in the spring. It has great fall color. Plus, it gives you fruit for no extra effort. They are, are pretty controlled in size. And a Bradford pear has a relatively short lifespan. And a real pear that produces fruit can last twice as long. My pear is pushing, will be pushing 20 years here soon. And if it were a Bradford pear, I'd be having some problems with it at that point. As a fruiting pear, I should get another 20 years out of it, producing like crazy. The frost, did wonders. I, I got a really good crop. The ice storm, man, I got a ton of blooms and I have more than 100 fruit. I would say maybe 200 fruits that I'm going to wind up being able to pick from it. Occasionally, the squirrels get there early and drop one off of the tree. They'll nibble on it a bit. The rabbits will nibble on it a bit. Raccoons, possums, they'll all get a bite of that pear. Then the ants take over and just, just destroy that so it's not there anymore. So nature does a pretty good job of self-cleaning the pear trees. <clears throat> I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be picking, like I said about the middle of August. And I'm going to start prepping as to determine what I want to do with them. Will it be chutney, pear juice, pear sauce? Don't know. 
but I'm going to find out and I'm going to get to enjoy it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, This weather is just going to be brutal to what's left of our garden this summer. Now, there are plants that will grow now. Actually, they'll do particularly well in this heat. Melons, watermelon or cantaloupe, they, they will be particularly sweet from this heat. And that's a good thing. Now, okra can still uh, survive and is relatively a low water use plant. Can be very productive. Very, very productive. But peppers will continue now. You'll have to be careful with your water. For those of you who are on restrictions, I only get one day a week to water now. Um, And I'm not wasting any of that on, on, uh, on my turf. My turf doesn't really do anything for me. My trees provide me cooling shade and my plants like flowers and my veggies I can eat the fruit and the flowers are beautiful so you you really need to reduce your water usage the best you can you may not be able to get to zero and you may need some reassessment of the plants that you have Some plants, well, if they are just desperate for water, maybe you need to reassess them. Maybe you don't want or need that plant. You can replace it with something else that does uh, as well or better in this heat, in this low water drought environment. There are ways to still have that beautiful landscape by going and addressing what you've put in. There are some gorgeous plants. There are some truly beautiful native Texas plants that bloom very, very well in our heat, that uh, don't require a great deal of care. They're what you wanna see growing in this particular environment because they don't uh, require much water, they, they still bloom. They still provide um, pollinators with something to eat. I mean, it can be quite uh, tough on the things that we need around here, things that we need to be growing. 
And this weather. So rather than put in things that, you know, oh, I, I want this kind of plant. You really need to take a minute to check, does that grow here? Does it require a ton of water to survive? It shouldn't because, well, we really don't have that much water to share. And that water costs you a lot of money. We have such a limit of it right now. The lakes are so low. Our water sources are really taking a beating. We have places that are on uh, stage three. I read of one that was a stage six water alert, and I couldn't even find what that meant. It basically said, if, the wa- if you're not drinking the water, don't use it. That was the only use for water. That is desperate. And that does not look like that situation is going to change anytime soon. So keep this in mind, folks. This is a perfect opportunity to evaluate, hmm, I like this particular plant, but you know what? It really doesn't look good in this drought. It needs more water than I can give it on my watering days. Maybe it's time to look at replacing it. Now, of course, you wouldn't replace anything in this heat. You would plan out a new plant and to be able to decide, okay, I'm taking this one out and I'm going to put in a new plant that doesn't require as much water. I'm going to get it established during the cold or cooler season here in Texas during the fall so that when next summer shows up, it will be more established and able to handle if we get another year of this kind of weather. And right now, they're kind of wondering how long this particular weather situation is going to last. It's horrid. It is just, it is just unbearable. My grandson plays soccer and he's at a summer training camp and they allow them to play eight minutes and they have to stop and get water every eight minutes. And if the temperatures don't improve, they may have to cancel the camp. Young kids outside, I know, they're tough. They can handle this. The reality is they can't. This weather is that, uh, that brutal. Uh, that needs to be... Uh, That needs to be addressed. We're looking at terrible situation. It's gloom and doom about the water. Yeah, it is. People don't want to hear it. It's a fact. This is what we are dealing with. And there are so many steps you can take 
that would reduce your overall water use by the plants that you have in your landscape. I just got texted a picture. I have two Texas sages that are in full bloom right now. Somebody's lying to me because I don't think we got any rain coming, but they sure think there will be. They're beautiful with all those purple flowers, but it's disappointing knowing that Nah, it's not going to rain, guys. Hopefully, maybe they'll get surprised. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break, the bottom of the hour for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512 836 0590. Welcome back, everybody. Um, gosh, what are we doing in the garden? Is there anything we really can do? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Depends on the plants you have. It's really, truly important really truly important to understand the demands of the central texas environment we generally have pretty poor soil depending on where you live you're either fighting the clay or you're fighting the the rock that can be worked on that can be improved and the thing about that is the more you improve it the better it will retain water so that you don't have to go out there and keep watering so many plants. Now, not only that is, you really do need to evaluate the plants you're going to put in because putting in a plant that requires constant water, that's not a wise move. And you know, some plants that require Nonstop water, where the soil has to be wet almost all the time, still may not do well in our heat. They may grow and they may survive, but they may look pretty worn out, pretty beat up because of the kind of heat that we're dealing with. You need to keep that in mind, that there is a distinct advantage to planting some of our natives. Esperanzas, also known as yellow bells, they are industrial. They can go with almost zero water. They can survive pretty decently on the water that falls from the sky. The uh, Hamelia, Fire, a Mexican firebush, that's another one. Pride of Barbados, the, the Mexican bird of paradise, um, flame acanthus. These are plants that bloom beautifully and need low water needs. They can handle the temperatures that we're getting and 
they still need water, but nowhere near some of the plants that people have been putting in. It is, it is really, really important. By you making a proper choices, you reduce the amount of water you need to have, the amount of water you use for your landscape. And doing that saves water, saves you time, saves you labor. You don't have to go out there and water things as much. Leaves you with an attractive, blooming landscape. You do not need, we really need to undo our, our fascination with, uh, we really need to undo our fascination with having turf. That is just not, not necessary. Minimize the amount you have. It means you have less grass you have to mow. It definitely means you have less turf that you need to water. And your, your, your landscape can still look fantastic without those things. Turf is, there is an importance to turf. You need a place for pets or kids to play. And it's nice to have a spot to be able to go out and sit in the shade and enjoy the day. But you do not need, now I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I have a little more than an acre of ground. I probably have about 2,000 square feet of turf. The rest of the property, I don't water, I don't weed, I don't do anything to that requires water. If it rains, great. If it doesn't, oh well, it would be good if it did, but I'm not providing supplemental water to grass. Grass doesn't do anything for us. Once you have enough to let the kids play in, once you have enough to let your pets run through, why do you need any more? It is so easy to replace turf with native Texas plants that will do great, that will really have uh, a lot of beauty, a lot of bloom. You can get ones that are perennial. You can get ones that you change out with the seasons. But they are all lower water use. There are some really beautiful landscapes here in central Texas that don't have a square foot of grass. And they have an incredibly low water load to make their landscape look good. We really need to break our habit of watering 
things that just really are not providing us the benefit are not utilizing the water as efficiently as possible. We are probably more than five inches behind rain-wise for the year. And the way it goes around here in Texas, of course, we'll get all five of those inches back in the same day and have terrible flash floods. But being with that little water, you don't have to worry about it if your plants are drought tolerant, are native, the right plant in the right conditions, and you can have all of the beauty that you would have from anything else, from anything else. And many of our native plants are perfect for the pollinators. You want hummingbirds? Don't get a feeder. Get a Turk's cap. Put it in the ground. It will be covered with blooms. The hummingbirds will love you for it. By flame acanthus, they can't figure out which flower to feed from. There are so many of them on there. And both of those plants don't require huge amounts of water. And they give me fantastic red color. Don't need grass. And the, le- and the wildlife appreciate it. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> um, the short, hot weather here. If you're going outside, remember to take care of you. That sounds kind of silly, but after 10 o'clock in the, in the morning, we're into the, oh gosh, it's hot and humid. So make sure you cover up for the sun. As um, I have recently, in the last month, had to go and have some uh, uh, skin cancer treated. Fortunately for me, it was really simple but it was a direct result that uh, it was a direct result of sun exposure. As a kid, I literally lived across the street from the community swimming pool. You always knew where I was. The day it opened, I was at the pool to the last day it closed and I would spend almost all the day there. That was a season pass environment. And I got toasted every year. I knew better. I hated how it felt. Hated being like a lizard and peeling off the skin. But as a result, I, um, I kind of become susceptible and get a lot of these little skin cancer or precancerous spots. Not happy about it. Fortunately, uh, I've got a great dermatologist and she's been able to really keep an eye on it and keep it uh, under control. 
make sure you're putting on coverage. You know, I hate sunscreen. God, it, it it's oily. It's terrible. I don't care what kind it is. To have to cope myself with something, and you know, it only lasts about two hours and you should recover yourself. I found it easier that it's possible to get clothing that has an SPF 50 factor to it, which is great. That's a good high number. A lot of the sporting, outdoors, fishing type clothing is perfect for this situation. So I have a, my wife and I have fishing shirts that are high SPF factor. And when we go to go outside, the fishing shirt goes on, covers everything but my hands. My hands usually are in gloves. And I have a hat that definitely keeps the sun off of me. And then I only have to worry for the most part about keeping my face covered. So I don't have to wear uh, suntan lotion all day. It's terrible, nasty. I don't like it. You may get away with it. You may not have a problem with it. Just do something to make sure you're protecting yourself from the sun the best you can. It's really, really important. I got lucky in that the right side of my face showed up in scans and they went, wow, yeah, it's going to try to make a cancerous blob there. And I caught it early. I didn't catch it. My dermatologist did. But because we got it early, I didn't need any surgery. And we were able to treat it with something that wound up ending the risk of it turning into cancer and my face is returning back to normal. I don't have anything uh, there anymore that kind of sticks out and looks weird. So protect yourself. Make sure you have plenty of fluids. You know, water is really important. I don't know if you've noticed the commercials lately, but everybody has been talking about you, you don't need just water, you need electrolytes. Yes, I'm aware that of the movie where uh, we water plants with electrolytes. That's not what I'm talking about. The electrolytes you can either add in or you can buy products that have it. Many of the sports drinks are good electrolytes. They can help you recover from the heat faster. You know, you can make your own electrolyte powder. Yeah, a little search on the webs and you will find it's not that difficult. Shake it up well, ta-da, you have an electrolyte and that will help you recover from the heat much faster. <clears throat> that will keep you happy and healthy. And if you have to be out in this heat, that's the number one thing you should be looking at. Be out when it's not so dang hot 
Make sure your skin is protected. You have a hat. You have your face protected. You've got plenty of water, better yet, electrolytes to keep you hydrated. And be out during, if it's going to be hot, be out when it's not so hot. Take the afternoon to sit back and, I don't know, watch a baseball game. Um, watch a movie, whatever. You don't have to be out as a gardener in this type of weather. It's just not, it's just not beneficial. Okay. You shouldn't have to be, and you should have empathy for all the mow and blow guys. You know, the landscape services, who are out there in this weather nonstop doing, you know, development after development, going through there and mowing and weed eating and shoveling mulch out in this heat. Have some sympathy for them, okay? They're out there cooking. You don't need to be. So do your work appropriately so that you don't have to be out in the worst of the weather. And I, I don't know what the deal is, but suddenly we got hot and there's lots of people asking, uh, should I be trimming such and such? No, no. Why do you have this sudden urge to go out in the worst of the weather conditions and trim something? It's not going to make a big deal. You trim it, the plant still got to deal with the heat and you probably won't see it make any difference to do that trimming. Wait till the weather is bearable, not this nasty stuff that we're having to deal with. It'll be easier on you. <laughs> and, you know, they say the best thing for the garden is the gardener's shadow. That is so true. But even the garden goes, hey, it's hot. What are you doing out here? Take care of yourself, too. Because no matter how much you want a great garden, if you can't get out there to take care of it because you suffered heat stroke or heat stress, it's going to be very hard to deal with. <coughs> so, folks, deal with this weather do what you can. If you have to be out there, protect yourself. Otherwise, try not to be out there when it is this hot. It is not worth the effort. Your garden will forgive you, okay? Your garden will forgive you. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to break for the news. I'll catch you all on the other side. 